0: All right, Connie, thank you very much. A couple of things I wanted to remind everybody is just whenever we write an application for life insurance, guys, this is a contract. This is a contract between the client and the insurance company. The client's responsibility is to make the premium payments, and if they die, it's the responsibility of the carrier to pay that death claim. And as a result, the carriers are regulated heavily by the state most of them do not permit cross-outs. If you've been with a company that so says just cross it out and initial it, um, not really a good idea. Some carriers, it doesn't matter how many initials you have, they will not accept it. So on any page that you're taking the application on that's a non-signature page, you know, guys, make a copy of that page and recopy it because you don't need a signature on it. On a page where there is a signature on that page, if you have to cross something out, remember, a lot of carriers won't take it, and that's going to mean you have to go back again. As a result, when I'm going out on appointments, I always said, if I was planning on writing uh, foresters, Strong Foundation, and I had three appointments that I had the potential of writing a Strong Foundation on, I took five apps with me so that if that happened where a mistake was made, I could pull the page out of another app that I wasn't planning to use and have everything clean. So, Just a word to the wise, our job is to get you paid as quickly as possible. Your job is to write good, clean business that the carrier can understand and read everything on. Therefore, everybody gets paid, the client is covered. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, once in a life in a career, that you'll write an application and something is incorrect on it and before you get back to the client to get that signature corrected, their health has changed and or well, they could have died. So keep that in mind. This is this is not a fun and games business. This is for real and these people deserve your best. Okay, uh, summer's coming and I just want to kind of point out to everybody what to expect. One of the things that you can do is... You know, you can call later in the evening. You might get by with calling from 9 to maybe 9.15, 9.30, as long as it's daylight out. Can't do that in the wintertime. When it's dark at 5.30 or 6 o'clock and you call somebody at 9, it's late to them. In the summer, not so much. So it gives you an opportunity to call a little bit later. And the reason you can and need to call a little bit later is they're going to be out doing things in the yard and that sort of thing. Uh, you're going to run into a little more pushback as people's schedules change. You know, uh, they're working in the yard later. Uh, By June 15th, they're kind of in the summer routine again. And as a result, they're going to be in the house. But these first few weeks of spring and summer, the last few weeks of spring and the first few weeks of summer, their schedule has changed. And you've got, you just need to adapt a little bit there. We're going to have problems with vacations. You know, people are going on vacations. So what do we need to do to overcome all of this? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to develop a quick hook to get their attention. Um, you know, they're not particularly interested in talking to a life insurance agent during summer. You know, they're, they don't, they're not going to die. They just, you know, they can put it off, So, and they will. So what we need to do is we need to come up with a quick hook that really grabs their attention to the point that they – are willing and really want to talk to us? Well, what is that? Well, I think using the the word foreclosure protection is huge. And guys, when I say this, I, I'm saying this, and, and a lot of the theme of my call today is practice and becoming really good at what you do. Become smooth. If somebody says, "Well, I already have life insurance," everybody's got life insurance. That's why I'm calling. Our plan is a foreclosure protection benefit plan. I just need to see if you qualify. Well. And if you don't understand what foreclosure protection means, we'll probably have uh, cover that next week on the call or call me because, guys, this is a very huge development in our industry, the fact that if somebody has cancer stroke or a heart attack, that doesn't kill them. They beat the cancer, but because they couldn't work for six months to a year, they lose their home due to foreclosure. Guys, we, we refer to that, or ECOS refers to that as financial cancer. Well, you have the cure. If somebody has open heart surgery and can't drive their semi for six months because of the open heart surgery, you have the cure to their financial uh, heart disease. And these people don't know that, but you can't lecture them on the phone. You can only give them a teaser to grab their attention. Everybody's got life insurance. I was calling about foreclosure protection benefits. I just need to see if you qualify. I need a little more information. Well, they've never heard that term before, and a lot of companies that do have it don't understand how to sell it. They sell it for what it is, not what it does. And today, you're learning a technique that, one, helps you get an appointment, two, it allows you to get into the home, and three, it gives you an opportunity to share something with them they've never heard of before. So this is a very, very big deal. Another point is, Connie already touched on convention a few minutes ago. The reason convention is so important to you guys is it validates everything you hear on this call. It validates everything you hear with Equus. It validates all the success stories you hear uh, on the calls on Monday and Friday. And those success uh, stories that people are sharing, you know, when you hear them talk, you think these people could leak buildings in a single bound and they have a huge S on their chest. That's not the case. These people are average and ordinary people, but because of the system that Equus has put together, we put average and ordinary people into a position where they can do extra uh, things over and above average and ordinary. We give them the opportunity to succeed in ways they've never, ever seen before. That's why convention is so important. As I mentioned, that trip to Atlanta, guys, I was just reminded, fine-tuned what the opportunity is here. This is a business opportunity that looks like a job. Now, if we were all going into the office every week and we had a bad week, I remember one time I called Barry early on. And I said, Barry, you know, I just went through this and this and this, and I don't understand. He goes, did you hear what so-and-so did this week? I said, what's that? And he said, they wrote five applications for $4,700 in premium yesterday. At an entry-level contract, they just made almost $3,000. Well, that reminded me what my situation was, was very isolated. Now, you have something I didn't have then. You have the opportunity to call me and or your manager, you can get a hold of Johnny or Fernando or Marcia, David, any of these people, let them listen to what you're doing and figure out what you're doing wrong and fix it right away. So these are all things that are very, very important to all of us. I also want to point out, oh, and I do want to point out the Columbus meeting next week. Guys, if you're within three or four or five hours of that, I recommend that you make the time to go over there, spend that time listening and seeing what's happening in the Equus Nation because there's probably going to be somebody there that's going to share something that's going to change your life. And I'm going to point out in how I raised myself from success and failure in that book in a minute why that's so important. I also want to remind everybody on paper apps and questionnaires, print out, and I don't care which company you you use, Foresters is a good one, CFG is a good one, print out their paper application for Strong Foundation with foresters, Then go through and print out all the questionnaires they have for diabetes and blood pressure and arthritis and so on. I remember writing an application one time and uh, they declined it for arthritis. And Mark Dudley was the underwriter there at the time and I called, I said, Mark, what are you doing? I said, what's the big deal with arthritis? I've never heard of anybody dying of arthritis. He laughed, he said, Dick, arthritis won't kill them. He said, but the medications they're on will blow out their liver and they'll die of liver disease rather than arthritis. He said, so this is a big deal. That was the first step in changing how I started to to look at and think like the insurance companies do by printing out a paper app. And guys, I'm going to recommend you take the time to fill it out. If they ask for the driver's license number, on the application and the state why is that important because when they do the MIB it goes in and um, evaluate and looks at their driving record if somebody had four speeding tickets in the last six months is that a big deal yes because they either have a death wish or they're careless and either way the insurance company doesn't want to have them as an insured okay so these are things I am wound up today. I've had these, this extra day, and I am fired up, I'll tell you that. But understanding how the insurance company thinks is a very, very big deal. The, the application and the questionnaires will help you understand that. Why is diabetes such a big deal? Because with diabetes comes a enhanced risk of cardiovascular disease. So it's important that they have that information on there. Study these, these questionnaires. I don't mean memorize every question, but get a sense of what the company is trying to do. Now, let me point out one more thing. We have a tendency to think that this stuff that we sell called life insurance for mortgage protection is for selling, not for using. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case because people do die. People are killed in car wrecks. People become uninsurable after we talk to them, and um, if we wrote them up, that's a good thing that they got the coverage. But if we didn't and they become uninsurable, that's a bad thing. Now, <clears throat> just imagine when you're taking this application that you want to send to the company that, and and this actually happened when I first started in the business. We participated in a reinsurance program, which meant. If we wrote a life insurance policy, say for $100,000, and two years later or six months later that person died, the company would write a check for $100,000. 95000 of that came out of their funds, and 5000 of it came out of our reinsurance account. So we literally participated in the death claim when they died. So when you're taking an application, get in this mindset. If this person dies, it's going to cost me three to $5,000 out of my checking account to cover that portion of the death claim. When you think that way, it's going to change how you think about business that you write. This is going to be a big deal. Not really. Okay. Um, one other thing. Now, this is what we talked about this morning. And, and really think in terms of that three to 5000 If this thing goes south, because, you know, people say all the time, well, Dick, their doctor said they're healthy. Yeah, the doctor did say they're healthy. And if they die, the doctor feels terrible. But it doesn't cost the doctor anything if they die. The insurance company looks at these clients differently because if they make a mistake – it's costing them fifty or a hundred or two or three or five hundred thousand dollars, so they're going to look at you differently than your doctor does. Uh, now, we had sent out this morning to everybody the Colonial Pen and the AARP mailers and circulars. All right. Now, why is that important to you? Well, first off, forty percent of all of our business for mortgage protection, we write it as an equity protection plan. Now, podcast number 17, write this down. Podcast number 17, memorize it. Then dramatize it. And what do I mean by that? Well, memorizing it is, is dull and boring. But if you memorize it first and then you've got the words and the vocabulary down, then learn how to dramatize it. You know, how you make that, you know, if something happened to you, who do you want to get the house? Well, my kids. Are they going to sell the house or are they going to rent it or are they going to move into it? Well, they're going to sell it. Well, does it make sense to pay the house off through mortgage protection just so the kids can sell the house? See, when you learn to do that and have a conversation with them, it changes everything. Now, why is this important? Well, 40% of the business we write is going to be this type of a product. So, and when I say learn it, learn it perfectly. No exceptions. Otherwise, you're going to be taking a 40% pay cut. Conversely, if you're not doing it now and you will memorize it and learn to do this perfectly, you're just in the process of giving yourself a 40% pay raise. See, you make the sale for mortgage protection through, through an equity protection plan. You, you've made the sale, everything is fine, but you didn't go over AARP or Colonial pen. Learn to use that as a tool to protect the business, <coughs> excuse me, that you just wrote, because this is what happens when you've got, and I, I hear this about once a week, well, Dick, I sold these people a $10,000 equity protection plan, and I got a call from them. and it goes something like this, John, Well, I just wanted you to know, we've decided to go a different direction. Would you please cancel the insurance I have with you? And I get the call from the agent, what do I do? Well, did you go over Colonial Pen or AARP after you made the sale? Well, no, I didn't. Well, see, what's happened is the AARP is quite a bit less expensive, But AARP and Colonial Pen are what they call a five-year banded term. Don't use that term with the client. They don't understand. It doesn't matter. But this is what does matter. Let's take a look at the Colonial Penman right now. When I called on this lady several years ago, she was 61 at the time. She wanted 25,000 coverage, which is what I wrote up for. And I get... um, Um, actually on this one, I went to see her on a Tuesday and she says, Dick, I'm not buying anything until I get this stuff from Colonial Pen. Um, Thursday morning, I get a phone call from her. She said, Dick, I've decided I'm going to go a different direction. I said, what's that? And she said, well, I got this stuff from Colonial Pen. I'm going to buy theirs. Well, if you've been doing this very long, you know all the finely expensed products are within a few dollars of each other. I says, well, why would you want to go with Colonial Pen? I didn't know anything about Colonial Pen then. She said, well, it's two hundred dollars a year cheaper than you are. And I, I said, well, Gloria, there's something not right. Um, she said, well, you can come by and look at it, but I've already made the check out. I'm buying it. And I said, well, don't mail it till four o'clock. I'll be there at three thirty. So I went by, and sure enough, everything she said was true. And this is the flyer she received, the, literally the flyer she received from Colonial Pen and i looked at it and i said well let me ask you gloria i said if at age 66 it's 791 a year do you know what that means and she said i guess it means if i wait 5 years to buy it it's going to be 791 a year i said no what attained age means is when you turn 66 it's going to jump to 791 a year and when you turn 71 it's jumping to 1200 a year and it's 76, it's jumping to 1,900 a year. I said, what I'm worried about is how much is it when you're 81? She said, I don't know, so we called the company. And the lady said, look across the top of the uh, certificate schedule. She said, it's term insurance to age 80. And Gloria said, well, what does that mean? And she said, the day you turn 80, the insurance goes away. Now, why do I show Colonial Pen first? because everybody thinks they can trust AARP. So I want to establish, one, there's more than one company that does this. Two, I want to point out that Colonial Pen is one of them and it's sold through the mail and on TV. And three, I want to establish that this is natural and normal practice of the industry. So I show that first. Now, this is after I've made the sale because I want them to be aware of the fact when they get something through the mail, it may not be as it appears. So then I go over to the AARP plan, and you'll notice where in the box there it says where the current monthly rates, and then underneath that it reads, the first sentence reads, premiums are the rates of New York Life currently charges. But I highlight this next part. Your initial premium is based on your age at issue. Premiums increase. As you enter each new five-year age ban, premiums are not guaranteed. That's highlighted in yellow. I don't highlight it in blue. I don't highlight it in green or orange. I highlight it in yellow. So when you start building a team and they need these things, you can copy them and uh, email them to your agents, and it doesn't show the yellow. It also makes it easier for seniors to read. So that's all. those three sentences are highlighted in yellow, and then the other page points out guaranteed protection to age 80, just like it was in the colonial pen. So if I've made a sale and didn't have to use these, i button it up going over this so when they get this thing through the mail, because guys, everybody over 50, every six to eight weeks, they're getting a flyer from Colonial Pen and from AARP. So it's just a matter of time after you write them up with your final expense plan, they're going to get something from them that's less expensive and you're going to get a phone call saying they've decided to go a different direction. So I I wanted to point that out to everybody. Since this represents 40% of our business, don't let this 40% get away from you. Put yourself in a situation where you win every time with that 40%. Now, I wanted to um, point out this morning on Frank Betcher's book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling, and I, I'm, I can't make anybody do anything, but I will say this to you. Uh, when you buy the book, start at the very beginning, because after Frank Betcher spoke in Salt Lake City in the mid-40s, probably 1945, 1946, a young man walked up to him after he spoke and said, I want to give you $40 for your first copy of this lecture which later became named How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling." Frank, at that point in time, had no intention of writing this book that night. But start with the first preface of the book. When I say start early, read everything. Even start before chapter one. This man saw so much value in his lecture that he was willing, and he did, fork out $40 to get a copy of the first printing of this book. Now, stop and think about what $40 meant back in 1945, 1946. For many people, $40 would have been a month's salary. And today, we've got people on this call that still haven't read this book. And guys, it's costing you a month's salary. Uh, Why am I so wound up about this? Well, first off, I read parts of this book over two or three times every year. I'll read through the whole book one time every year because of the things it brings to my remembrance. But there's people on this call that haven't read the book yet. And guys, this was in your very first uh, welcome email checklist that Connie sent out to everybody. Um, Not reading this book is costing you money and it's costing you a lot of it. Um, I want to just relate to you the value of where this book is. Frank Butcher was fired as a professional baseball player, and he finally made it into the minor leagues in 1907. And he made the comment, he said, "My life would have been totally different." He said, "Being fired was the last thing he expected to be because he was good." And he went up and he asked his manager. He says, "Why, why, why did you fire me?" And the guy said, "Well, I fired you because you're lazy." And he said, you drag yourself around the field like a veteran who's been playing ball for 20 years. Why do you act that way if you're not lazy? And he said, well, Bertie said, I'm so nervous and I'm scared. He said, well, that will never work, and that's the thing that's holding you down now. Whatever you do after you leave here, for heaven's sake, wake yourself up and put some life and enthusiasm into your work. And I I bring this to your attention today today, because there are some on this call that are just like Frank. We interpret what they're doing as being lazy, but you're probably scared. You know, I mean, I remember when I went out my first two or three appointments, I was scared spitless. I didn't I didn't know if the people would be there, if they would be friendly. I, I had no idea. I didn't realize how valuable a person we were. But as you read this book, I think it's going to remind everybody to put some energy and some enthusiasm back into whatever we're doing. You know, I've been doing this for 24 years, and rarely did I ever leave an appointment that at some point in time I didn't point out how much I love what we do, how much I love what I do. You see, guys, we're putting everybody in a position to change families and lives one family at a time. When I went to the first interview with Barry for this, for this job, I didn't know who Barry was. He had five agents in southern southwest Virginia down there uh, or in uh, Lynchburg. And he made a statement to me because when I realized what they did, I wasn't interested in doing what, he doing what he did. But this is a statement that really awakened me to make this a crusade. And he said, Dick, he said, 91% of the time, if either one of the breadwinners die or become disabled, that family is going to lose their home due to foreclosure in nine months. Guys, that was a complete epiphany for me. And when, when I heard that and realized how he had developed the system for leads and why, I remember thinking, how can this not work? And I literally set out to make this a crusade for myself to change families one at a time. I I didn't really (coughs) fully appreciate the life of significance we lead because when you get that phone call and he's not there and you covered half the mortgage and now this widow has got enough money to make her house payment for the next 10 years or enough money to pay the mortgage half off and re-amortize the monthly payment and cut the payment in half, guys, when you are in a position to change that family and keep them in their home for a number of years because of some way uh, you took the time to figure out an alternative for them, a lot of our clients, folks, can't afford to cover the whole mortgage. But that's okay because if he lives 10 years on a 30-year mortgage and you give her enough money to pay off half the unpaid balance in the mortgage and cut her payment in half, and she now can afford that payment, you have provided her with mortgage protection like nothing else. Why am I bringing that up? Because most agents in our industry, and a lot even within the Equus Nation, don't fully understand that yet, so they go in with both guns blazing thinking, how much commission am I going to earn? And they try to sell them the most expensive thing they've got. And if that's too expensive, they walk out with no sale. But worse yet, the client is not protected. And you're in a position to change their life. We call it, as I mentioned at the beginning of the call, the financial cancer cure. You've got the cure for their financial cancer. God forbid something happens. And the best part of it is many of them can afford a money back plan. So if they don't need or use this, they get their money back. It's a win-win for everybody. So we are in a position to change families' lives one family at a time. And I hope today's call will help you better see, one, I need to prepare and be, read that book, and two, this is how it can change my life.